to Embrace Your Beautiful Destiny, a show where we will talk about finding beauty in the most unconventional places in our lives. So every week, we'll talk about dealing with disappointment or overcoming frustration, dealing with stuff that just gets under your skin and derails you. We'll also have amazing guests on here that will be sharing their stories. So I'm your host, Shanna Strange. Let's dive in. Oh my goodness, I hope you guys are doing well, and I have um, something, I don't know if it's going to be very popular, but I haven't been called to release um, words from the Lord that are necessarily popular, (laughs) and so I have been thinking about this idea of quick repentance and the value of quick repentance, and um, you know, a few years ago, I found myself in a season, um, and you guys know a lot of my story because I've shared so much of it, hours upon hours, it feels like, and written a book about it. So I feel like my whole life is just kind of on display, but and that's fine. But um, I went through a season where um, my heart, I could feel my heart moving from the Lord. Um, and that was hard for me because I am a, a girl who grew up... Uh, just grew up in church, grew up knowing and experiencing the love of God. And I, and I knew Jesus. I met him at a very young age. So I'd always felt him in my life, but I'd gotten to this season where I was angry. You know, I had lost my record deal and, you know, my whole life hinged on that and how awful that is now. Cause I know that that was idolatry, but in the moment, when it happened, I didn't necessarily know that it was idolatry. And so I felt like everything um, in, in my world just kind of crumbled and fell apart. And I found myself angry with the Lord. And I remember, and I'm just going to talk about some of the things that, that transpired in that season. And you're going to think, oh, that's not really that big of a deal, but it is a big deal because, um, and I'll share why it's a big deal later. But what I started to find was I no longer was wanting to really go to church. I wasn't wanting to be around godly people. I wasn't listening to Christian music. I wasn't watching, you know, movies and TV shows that honestly were edifying, not gratifying, edifying to me. They were certainly gratifying to my flesh, but they were not um, what I would consider um, helpful and beneficial to my spirit. And so as you start that journey, that's, that's exactly how it starts are these small things that you think, oh my gosh, it's not that big a deal. It's not like I'm sitting here watching an X-rated movie or even an R-rated movie for crying out loud because I don't even watch R-rated movies. Some of the things I would watch were like PG-13, but there was just things in these movies. It was either dark, you know, like like there were just evil people or there was murder or there was profanity or sexual misconduct, whatever you want to call it, innuendos, um, just things that really were not edifying my spirit. And then the music I was listening to was definitely, definitely not glorifying God. And it started to take me down a dark path. Now, I'm still... Um, I'm still in church and I'm still looking like I'm a Christian, but internally I am struggling. I'm not praying. I'm not reading my Bible. I'm getting further and further from the Lord. And God is so gracious and kind. And um, I love the scriptures that talk about beholding yourself in the mirror and dealing with your, and I need to look this up and I didn't. So maybe I'll do it while I'm talking, but um, 
how we behold ourselves in the mirror and, and we see the things that are wrong with us. But, you know, what happens is when you get in those seasons is you don't want to look in the mirror because looking in the word of God is like looking in a mirror. And I didn't want to look in the mirror because I honestly was angry with the Lord. And before I knew it, I was just um, just a very, what I would consider um, a lack, luster, lukewarm Christian who was on my way to probably a, a really, what I would consider a sin-filled uh, lifestyle, um, because that's how it starts. That's how it started with the prodigal son. I'm not going to read that story, but most of you know the, the story of the prodigal son. If you don't, I would encourage you to just look it up. But one of the things that the Lord started speaking to me even just a few weeks ago was it was something to the effect of, man, you can turn around at any point in time. You don't have to go all the way to the pig pen before you realize and before you decide that you want to turn back to the Lord. Like, don't let it get that far. And I started thinking about this concept of quick repentance. And I think the longer we walk with God, the quicker we are to repent. And I just want to make this very plain and clear. We are always going to have to repent because we are being transformed every day. So there are things that we do and our awareness as we walk with the Lord, our maturity increases. We begin to realize that certain things are sinful and we need to repent we think, I don't know what is going on with the church in general, but I don't, it's like this thing where everybody just thinks that, well, I got saved and so I don't really ever have to repent. I can just live my life and I'm covered by grace. No, you, this is a life that you are living with Christ. You are married to Him. So when you do things that are offensive to Him, which by the way, sin is offensive to Him, um, you need to repent. Now, repent doesn't just mean, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so just disgusted that I got caught and I'm going to keep trying to figure out a way to do it behind your back. Repentance is like, no, I'm actually grieved in my spirit. Like I actually feel sad that I just hurt the Lord because I'm in a covenant relationship with him. I'm not just in some stupid contract. I'm in an actual relationship with him. And when you're in a relationship with somebody and you really love them, you don't want to hurt them, right? And so when we have sin in our life, we need to be quick to repent. Now, I just want to talk about a few scriptures um, that I want to really kind of build my case for repentance and because I feel like we have lost the art of repenting. And so this is 1 John. Um, I'm just going to read you a list of them, okay? 1 John 1, nine. If we confess our sins... If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, he didn't say if we confess our sins one time. No, he's saying if you continually confess your sins to the Lord, that he's faithful and just and will forgive you and purify you from all unrighteousness. That's a beautiful scripture. Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. When we repent, there's immediately a time of refreshing that comes. That should be encouragement to you because we all have things, they're little hidden sins that we try to act like are not a big deal. Come on, somebody. I know I ain't the only one who's got little hidden pet things that, you know, oh, it's not that big a deal. We try to justify, and I'm going to give you an example. Okay, so I just told you this, the, the one I just told you about was a few years ago. Well, recently, so I repented in that season, um, 
and moved on with my life. And so this is, you know, a continual thing where we are going from glory to glory with the Lord and He's revealing things in our life that are either, you know, need, need to, they're sinful and we need to repent or whatever the case may be. He wants us to grow in an area. And so um, I had found myself to be very complacent and I really felt like this was just a, like a month, two months ago. And what I really started to discern um was that it was a, a global kind of um, spiritual demonic attack against God's people, God's remnant. Um, what I was seeing was everybody I knew was being kind of um, bombarded, and everybody felt like they were in a fog. They were in incredible depression. The way that I could describe it is, do you remember the scripture um, in the Gospels where Jesus is, is going to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying, and he and he goes three times to pray, and the, the different Gospels say it a little bit differently, but in a couple of the Gospels, that says that three times he went to pray, and every time he came back, um, the disciples were asleep, and it says they were exhausted from grief, because they knew, they knew what was coming, and so I was feeling like a lot of the body of Christ, the remnant, the called, the elect of God, were in so much grief, because um, of the constant uh, barrage and attack of the enemy and, and just the overwhelming weariness of the saints. Uh, we know in Daniel that, and you can read Revelation, I'm jumping all over the place, where it says that the beast um, is going to make war with the saints. And so that spirit of the Antichrist is it, it's a wearing down of the saints is what Daniel says. So we know that that spirit is in constant, constantly striving with the children of God to wear us down. And so that's what I was feeling, but I couldn't even articulate that because I myself was sucked up into it and felt like God had just abandoned me. I felt so much depression and hopelessness. Like, like I have rarely maybe felt this way, maybe three times in my whole life. And when you're in that, you don't even see it as a spiritual attack because you're just so beat up from it. And so what the Lord, um, finally, finally, I just persevered through that and forced myself to go to conferences and go to church and to just really um, start to slowly seek the Lord and pray. But before that, what I found I was doing was I was watching shows like I was literally um, choosing not to do anything spiritual before I woke up out of this coma I was in. I was watching um, episode after episode of shows that were just like, they were like really not good. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, were, were the TV ratings okay? They were like TV 14, yes. Um, but man, it was it was horrendously awful. And I remember being obsessed with it. And it was like seven seasons. And I, I had finished like six seasons in like, I don't know, a week and a half. This is how bad it was. And this may not sound like a big deal to you, but it's a really big deal. Um, to the Lord. And so I remember I had to um, sing that morning at church. So I, of course I went, um, I was going to go anyway, but I went out of obedience, not wanting to be there. And the, the message that he preached was so convicting. And I knew it was the Lord. He was talking about this, the parable of the seeds and the sower and um, how the enemy was stealing the seed, you know, um, and we were letting him do it. And just the the purity that God was after so that, you know, if, if we obey him and there's good soil that this, the seed will take root. 
And so I, right in there in that moment, it was so convicting. I said, okay, I'm not going to watch any more of that show. And I came home and I stopped watching it. And you know what I started doing? I started seeking the Lord. I started getting in my word again. I started watching, instead of watching junk on TV, I started watching sermons on YouTube. <laughs> I started, uh, I went to IHOP um, KC and they have free, um, all kinds of messages you can watch, but they have free like teachings that you can um, sign up to for and they give you the notes and everything and I started hanging out with my friends and we just started worshiping together and just all the things that you know you're supposed to do um, and it what it was was quick repentance and that's where this message really came from was um, the Lord was just so strong on me to to really turn from that and to change my mind about it and to stop allowing it into my life and so I know I'm not the only one you know, that is, has these little hidden sins. Come on, somebody. I know I'm not the only one. So this is Acts 3.19. He says that when you repent, the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And that's exactly what happened in my life. And I want to encourage you, like if you are feeling really down and defeated, I mean, what is, what are you allowing into your life? Are, are you, um, are you just dabbling in sin and not repenting? Because one of the consequences of dabbling in sin is going to be death, emotional death, spiritual death. And then, see, but you don't realize it. So you're dabbling in the sin and you're thinking, man, you know, my flesh is gratified. But, man, your spirit starts to feel just like something's not right and you know it. Um, and what's happening is you are experiencing spiritual death. You're experiencing um emotional death and all of the destruction that the enemy comes to bring into your life he does it through our disobedience through us opening that door for him and saying hey yeah come on in let me watch junk so it starts like that right it starts with these little hidden sins and we always think we can control it we think oh i can just dabble with this and it's not that big a deal i can just eat like five cookies every single day and then i'll eat a bowl of ice cream i'm probably talking somebody's language right here and then before you know it oh no i need to eat the whole thing of ice cream and it's just this cycle right and the enemy is going to take you way further than you ever intended to go. His goal is to get you to the pig pen. For you to forfeit your inheritance that the Lord's given to you. But God is saying, no, if you will repent quickly, I will send times of refreshing to you. And you will know like that everything's okay. And that I'm blessing you and I'm keeping you and holding you. I think this is amazing. Um... Oh, listen to this one from Proverbs. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. I love this word, renounce. That's a fantastic word to use in connection with repentance. It's repenting, saying, I'm sorry, I'm changing my mind now, and I renounce the sin. It means I am leaving no open place for this to get back in. Like, I am, this is detestable to me. This is detestable to me because it is detestable to the Lord. Um, Matthew 3, 8, produce fruit in keeping with repentance is what Jesus said. Second uh, Chronicles 39, for the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate. He will not turn his face from you if you return to him. Second Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, 
not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And that's talking about, um, you know, just the, the evangelism that's, he has ordained of the Gentiles. He wants everyone to come in and then he's going to turn around and give that opportunity to the Jew, to the Jewish people. Um, so Matthew nine thirteen, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice for I have come. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Okay, now I love this, and this is a point I want to harp on for just a minute. Um, this is Matthew 4, 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now there is, in my opinion, I don't know if it's a misconception or just like a lack of knowledge, but everyone thinks that John the Baptist came preaching repentance, but Jesus didn't, like Jesus had a different message. But Scripture is clearly saying here, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This was Jesus' words. He never changed it. And if you look at the apostles, you look what they say. They are saying, they're preaching a message of repentance. And like I said, we have misunderstood this to mean I repent one time. I'm good to go. I don't really need to talk about my sin every day with the Lord. And But we do. Gosh, we need to be so quick to repent and and you know i i really think that um this is such a revelation for so many people because they're not living this way they're they're just kind of detached from the lord but he wants he wants to know everything everything you know every time you slip lord i'm sorry give me a heart that repents that doesn't want to do the things that hurt you why does this matter I mean, what are we just constantly get, getting cleaned up? And for what reason? Is there an end in sight to this? And I'm telling you, what I really believe is um, we cannot be in the presence of God with sin in our life. Jesus dealt with sin, but it wasn't so that we could continue to sin. It was that we would walk in step with the Spirit and become like Jesus so that we could be in heaven. The people that are going to be in heaven, I'm getting really, really, um, some of the things I'm saying could be totally misconstrued, and I could probably offend some people, but um, the New Testament's very clear about the people who won't be in heaven. Um, I was just reading Revelation the other day. It was talking about idolaters fornicators, just all kinds of things like that. Certain kinds of people were not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So it's not, it's, it's, it's a complete, um, lie from Satan himself to think that you can have sin in your life and that you're going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now this sounds really harsh. I know it does, but if we want the fullness of the kingdom, we're going to have to live in a place of constant repentance when we when we are allowing sin into our life now I know there's times when you do something and you may not realize that it was offensive to the Lord usually I know that but um I, mean, I could realize maybe new Christians you don't know that but as you grow and mature with the Lord just even your even your attitude can be offensive to the Lord gripping and complaining is offensive to the Lord it was you know most of the reason well their unbelief was why the Israelites didn't enter into the promised land but they're murmuring, complaining. The Lord was so tired of that. And 
um, it's not okay, and that's sinful, you know, anxiety, things like worry and anxiety, we try to act like, oh, my anxiety's just got me, it's just got me down, and, and we claim it like it, but let me tell you something, that's offensive to the Lord, what you've done is idolized your worry above the Lord, you have said, this is bigger than you, Lord, and so I'm going to bow down to it, I hope that gives some of y'all, <laughs> some perspective, and you may not ever listen to me again, but stop claiming that, that you're saying that that's your God. You're saying, I worship this because it consumes my thoughts more than the Lord. Ouch. That That's, you know, bear fruit in keeping with repentance and say, Lord, I'm sorry that I have um, placed this above you and I have said that my fears are greater than you. Because if you really know the Lord, you know there's nothing greater than Him. Like there's nothing you could go through that's going to separate you from Him. There's nothing, um, no situation that can destroy you as a child of God. He is with you. He is for you. And you need to think about those kind of things and not the fear that's overwhelming you. Um, I love James 4, 8. Oh, man. Come near to God and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Ah, He's so in your face. And we're talking about James, the brother of Jesus, wrote this. Come near to God and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And I just am like, Lord, have mercy. So this is, I know that um, most of the time my messages are like, oh my gosh, Jesus is amazing and he's with you and you can do anything. And he is amazing and he is with you. I didn't mean for it to sound that way. But I, I think today I felt like I needed to be like real with you and honest with you and and call you to quick repentance um, because it's so necessary. Not only are we going to um, reap rewards in this life when we obey the Lord um, and we repent quickly. But there's so much scripture, a lot of in, in Revelation and some other places in the New Testament that talk about the eternal rewards that we're going to reap um, from our obedience from the Lord. And, you know, part of obedience is re quick repentance. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's really important because every time we we decide that we want to repent, which, you know, means a complete uh, change mentally, an alignment. I'm no longer going to align myself with this sinful behavior and say that it's okay. I'm going to align myself with what the Lord says. It's, a, it's an alignment, you know. It's a complete mental change. It's not just being sad because you got caught and, and feeling sorrow but not having any any uh, desire to change. That's not repentance. So if you're not there, then I would say, pray that the Lord would, you know, move you to a place of repentance. Lord, I, I want, I want to feel bad for the sin in my life. I don't want to just have a, a seared conscience, you know, where things don't bother me anymore that should bother me, right? That's like hard-heartedness, right? And so we want to get to that place where we're super sensitive to the Lord, but it matters because I really, truly believe that in, in the world to come, and we, we are so fixated on uh, this world right now, you know, I live in the here and now, the temporary world, but man, there's, there's a whole other 
supernatural world and and that's where we're going to live when we pass from this life to the next whether that be because we're raptured out of here and we're completely transformed in the air or we die and we go um we go to be with the lord and and we're you know maybe we are part of reigning in the new heaven and the new earth or even the thousand year reign of Christ. Maybe we're here when he comes and we get to be a part of that. The people, this is why it matters. The people who have uh, washed their garments in the blood of the lamb, this is getting really, really deep. And, and this is a lot of it from revelation, but the people who have said yes, to the Lordship of Christ and have um, are bearing fruit that keep with repentance like they are constantly coming before the Lord and with their sin-stained hands and saying, Lord, help me. Those are the people that are going to be ruling and reigning with Christ because they have allowed the Lord to transform them from glory to glory. He, they are allowing the Lord to mold them and they have surrendered to him. This is why it matters. Because you're just not going to, you know, have this little brief moment on earth and then, you know, your life's over and you're just going to hang out in heaven watching little fat baby angels with harps on clouds and everybody's just going to be like chilling all day and floating around. I mean, that's not heaven. You're going to have assignments and roles. And this, this is just getting you ready for what's to come and repentance is a sign that you truly are a child of God because it means that you are grieved by the same things that God's spirit is grieved by. So I just want to, um, gosh, I just want to pray over all of us that we return to a place of repentance before the Lord and we say, it is not okay, God, for me to live a lukewarm Christian lifestyle and think that that is, you know, the best that I can do. Like, this matters to you, Lord. Like, my surrender matters. It has eternal consequences or rewards. Like, if you don't surrender and repent, you're probably not going to get a lot of rewards. I don't even know what you know what that means in terms of where you you will spend eternity. I have no idea. But I'm just saying this is a really really big de- big deal. I love now that we're talking about Revelation so much. I love what Revelation three nineteen says. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Ooh, that's good. And this is coming from I want to say. He's talking to the churches. Um, this may even be the cha- either the church at Philadelphia or the church at Laodicea. So um, he's saying, "Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline." To so be earnest and repent. Like he, that's why he's rebuking you and disciplining disciplining you with harsh things. So sometimes when we don't repent, so what happens is the Lord would prefer. That you look in the mirror of his word and you take like an internal evaluation and you hear him and he says, I want you to stop doing this. And so you quickly repent and you stop. And guess what? That's that's the end of it. You may have a little bit of consequence of it, but it's probably not going to be that severe. Now, the next level is God starts to tell other folks in your life, um, hey, um, are you kind of... Are you doing some things maybe you shouldn't be doing? And I, I can tell you this is true. Um, in my life, I've seen this happen in my family's life. Um, somebody would try to keep a secret from everybody else in the family and um, doing things they probably shouldn't have been doing. And somebody else in the family would have a dream about it. 
And so they would contact, you know, they would get with that person and say, um, are you doing this, this, or is, is something going on here? And it was like, oh, wow, the Lord was exposing something because he didn't want you to get trapped in the snare and not repent. So the enemy wants to take you off to the pig pen. And so the Lord is, you know, he would like it if you would you would just listen to him initially. But if you don't listen to him, he's probably going to send some close friends or maybe even a prophet or someone who's, you know, in kindness and gentleness to restore you is what the scriptures say, not in harsh meanness. If you don't listen to the Lord at that level, though, you're probably going to end up at the pig pen. And guess what's going to happen? It's severe mercy at this point because you still belong to the Lord. He's not going to let you go, but he's going to have to use severe mercy to get your attention. So this becomes circumstances, situations, could potentially even be illness. If you look at scripture, um, especially, we've been talking about Revelation a lot. There is, um, you know, one of the churches had allowed um, what they're calling Jezebel to speak, and she was giving a very um, sexually and morally um, laden message, you know, she was mixing the gospel with things that were total immorality to God and he was displeased. And it says that he gave her time to repent, but she wouldn't do it. So he says, I will throw her on a sick bed. And, um, then he also goes on to say, and I will kill her children if they don't repent. So, um, severe mercy is a real thing. Uh, if you want to study that more, you just need to get into those uh, chapters in Revelation. They're going to be the first uh, three chapters where he's talking to the churches. Um, and, and so we do know that it is harsh and severe, but it's because he loves you. And it's just what I just said. I love and rebuke and discipline those whom I love. So be earnest and repent. Mm. Let's, let's, let's look at Joel 2.13. Uh, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and He reigns, He relents from sending calamity. Um, I want to go over this Luke fifteen seven. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Ah. See, the truth is, we all need to repent. We all need to be in a place where we do that. And so, um, Lord, help us. Help us to be so sensitive to your heart and, and things concerning repentance. Um, I know this was a hard message today, but I hope that you got something from it. Um, and don't run away. Come back next week. Uh, God bless you guys, and I'll see you soon. Hey friends, thanks for joining me on this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. Here are some ways that you can connect with me. You can go to Facebook and look up Shanna Strange Ministries. You can go to shannastrange.net to my website, or you can go to Instagram. It's Shanna underscore strange. I'll see you next week.